0: Two mad dogs and Englishmen. Some of you are going to think that we took two weeks off. In fact, we did record two earlier episodes, um, but they consisted of Charlie making these sort of choking, wheezing, uh, grunting noises because he couldn't actually speak. So we decided not to put them up. Charlie, would you have strep throat? Is that what it was? I did. Yeah, that yeah. is an unpleasant sickness.
1: Honestly, I was the most sick that I've been for about 10 years. with it.
0: Really? Worse than COVID?
1: Oh, COVID was nothing. I'm not saying it is nothing. I'm not saying it's just a cold. But for me, and of course I'm double boosted and uh, rather double vaccinated and boosted, I did not experience it. It lingered, but it didn't stop me working. For example, I wasn't laid up. But this strap, my goodness.
0: Yeah. Um, strep is an unpleasant one. Um, pink eye. I've had that. That is really unpleasant, too. You just your eyeballs hurt
1: for a week. So not to uh, overshare here, but um, this has been a bit of a saga <laughs> well, in do. the cook household because Everyone's about, been sick. well, three weeks, three and a half weeks ago, both of my kids got pink eye. Oh, dear. <laughs> and this turned into strep. And then I got strep. I didn't get pink eye what and is the
0: technical word for pink eye i forget it's ging- uh, no conjunctivitis conjunctivitis yeah sounds like a grammatical term
1: yeah and um and then that seems to have turned into a cold so now everyone has a cold and i'm just sort of you know that moment where, especially when you're an adult and you you don't want to be sick because when you're a kid you might get a day off school so it's fine but when you start to realize, Oh no, I just swallowed and I'm old enough now to know that that means that I have a sore throat. And I know what that sort of sore throat means. So this happened to me two days ago after I'd recovered from strep, when I realized I was getting a cold and I thought, Oh God, I just, I had to go to my office for a moment, stare out of the window and think.
0: <laughs> oh, that's no fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of like the worst sort of sick of well, i I always get Listeria and Giardia confused. Um, whichever one it is that happens, like if you live in a rural area after a rainstorm, oh. um, I was living in rural Colorado and um, we had really heavy rains and apparently you can't drink the water after that. But no one told me that you have to wait a little while because the rains wash over, you know, the uh, cattle lots and the sheep ranches and all that. And it brings all sorts of waste and such into the uh, water supply and it gets contaminated for a couple of days. I did not know that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you can't sick.
1: drink the water out of the tap.
0: Yeah. Wow. So um, apparently the water supplies in certain places up there, like where I lived, are, um, you know, they're open. They're uh, reservoirs and things like that. And uh, so if you get a really, really heavy rainstorm and it goes through the, uh, you know, kind of agricultural runoff, um, it will make you sick. And you shouldn't drink the tap water for a few days after a big storm. mm at least that was the case once upon a time maybe things have changed oh, it's no, not the case in england hits. well it's not the case in most places um but you know some kind of remote and rural areas don't have um super highly developed uh, yeah. water
1: i guess i i guess i was rural but perhaps not remote
0: yeah i don't think there's anything in england anymore that's <laughs> quite like maybe the rural hebrides Colorado. up
1: in <laughs> the islands off scotland
0: yeah, maybe uh, something like that, but um, different, not uh, different sort of world. Well, I am glad you are feeling better. Speaking of things overseas, I thought maybe before we moved on to Florida, which is what you really want to talk about today, we might talk a little about France and the uh, French elections, which will be Marine Le Pen, the crazy cat lady. You know, she has a, a certificate in cat breeding.
1: Yeah, <laughs> didn't she uh, that's get it during thing. COVID?
0: She did, yeah. That's how she spent her lockdown, was apparently studying uh, cat reading. And uh, Emmanuel Macron, who is not very well beloved, um, he seems to be one of these guys who is reasonably good at his job, I think, but people kind of don't like him. And um, there is a very strong sense that he has been very captured by the uh, elites and the president of the rich as they sometimes denounce him in uh, France. And it's amazing to me how much French politics looks like American politics. I mean, maybe it shouldn't because, you know, the world is a very small place and we're all kind of connected and you see the same social trends across, um, you know, the developed world, certainly. Um, I mean, they get expressed in different ways in different countries because we have different cultures, but, you know, the French political conversation to me um, is very familiar. Um, You know, the sort of uh, right-wing populism versus the corrupt elites, the, you know, nationalism versus internationalism or globalism and uh, that sort of thing. Now, you were saying that, um, has there been a Le Pen in, like, every presidential election for a quarter century or something like that?
1: Yeah, it's what seems to happen. There's a runoff between a Le Pen and the candidate who wins.
0: When was the last time her uh, father ran? Maybe the 90s or early 2000s? I think it was early 2000s. Yeah. So this is going to be her, what, fourth
1: time, third time
0: contesting the presidency in France?
1: Yeah, it's confusing because he was Jean-Marie and she's Marine. Yes. And then there's another one, the cousin, who's got a name with M in in it as well. Gotcha. Um, No, I mean, look, France is... It's not been offered the president that it wants for a long time. Maybe yeah. in that regard, it's like America too. <laughs> sure. But if you go back to the 2017 election, the candidate who really should have prevailed was Filion, who was of the Republican Party, the new Republican Party.
0: Which is more uh, or less collapsed, as I
1: Yeah, it. it did. Well, it collapsed during that election too, because he got caught in a very French scandal funneling money to his wife. Uh-huh. And as a result...
0: So the scandal, because this is France, it was, he was funding only to his wife, not to his mistress. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but he collapsed, and, and as a result, there was this sort of, ah, well, what do we do now? Because he was a center-right candidate in a center-right moment, and he could have absorbed a lot of the craziness that Le Pen brings. Uh, but also he was more sensible in the way that Macron is. And, of course, that was not often. It's worth saying because people get confused by this. Um, When uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen and and, uh, Marine Le Pen are described as far right, that really is only on a certain number of issues in the way Americans might see it. Immigration, for example. Um, Economically... Uh, Le Pen is a lefty, and uh, most of the old communist party in France uh, has been absorbed into the Le Penite movement. Uh, Yes. She's not a free marketeer. (laughs) She's not, yeah.
0: Well, no, I mean, like a lot of people, it's sort of right-wing socialists is what they are. Um, I mean, I guess it was was Mussolini that famously described fascism as right-wing socialism. Maybe I'm attributing that wrongly. But um, it's it's a bit like the Buchananite element in the United States and a little bit like the Trump element, um, although not quite as uh, dramatically in the case of of the United States, that um, you have people who are socially very conservative. um, They are sort of traditional-minded when it comes to culture. Um, They're very anti-immigration, but they're big welfare statists.
1: Yeah, and um, they don't
0: welfare chauvinism someone called it uh there's some political scientists that I borrow that from that I think is a very useful term
1: right right and so you have this this peculiar coalition that consists of a lot of the communists uh, who come out of the north west and uh eastern parts of the country but also down near Toulon and uh, Marseille uh you have a, a right wing more traditionally right wing uh coalition um uh, that isn't to say it's always pleasant. Um, no. And then you have this sort of weird Catholic monarchist sect in France that, that you yes. get in, in parts of Paris. Um, we need more of those than the American Conservative movement. Well, do we? More monarchists. <laughs> so uh, I just looked at Our Catholics up. are kind of boring. <laughs> and um, Jean-Marie Le Pen ran for president of France in 1974, 1988, 1995, 2002, and 2007. <clears throat> And the only point at which he made the runoff was 2002. And he came in second with 17.8% of the vote in the runoff. Gotcha. And Marine Le Pen. Let's see who is obviously Jean-Marie Le Pen's daughter has
0: run... Is. Although maybe a little less obviously these days. She's she certainly tried to distance herself from her father in some ways. Uh
1: yes, although they have the same name and they're leader of the same party. So she's there's sad. that. <laughs> but yeah, she ran last time around and is running this time around. And I think I think where the Le Pen voter is similar to or you might see as a right-wing voter in a place such as the United States or Britain, is there is a a, a performative element to it. it. It's a screw you yeah. way of conducting politics.
0: The only middle finger available, as Rich Lowry described Donald Trump, I think, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, there's there's that. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of people in France who feel that they're disenfranchised or that they um, are being... It's the Best way of putting this are, are being alienated from their Frenchness, yeah. Um, will we'll go in that direction, and that has lots of different ways of manifesting itself. Um, you know, some people feel that they're alienated from their Frenchness by the mere existence of Muslims in France, some people feel it because of the European Union, some people feel it because they think they've been left behind by the economy, um, some people feel it because they lost their farm, you know. So, it, it's not a, a single uh cause. Uh, But I I think those people have begun to gravitate. And then what tends to happen is a a candidate such as Macron just wins by default because the Le Pens are just unacceptable to the vast majority of French people.
0: Mm -hmm. Is it still the vast majority? Yeah, I think
1: so. And I think it's going to happen again. I mean, every time Le Pen gets into the second round, I guess it's happened twice, the international media freaks out and says, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And I understand the the worry, but it's never actually come close to happening. And perhaps we'll be shocked uh, this time. I hope not. And I hold my in no high regard whatsoever. But again, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a default vote. What do you do?
0: So is this the P.J. O'Rourke uh, assessment of uh, the 2016 election where he's talking about Hillary Clinton is wrong about everything, but she's wrong within the normal parameters?
1: Uh, to an extent, I i mean, again, I think American politics is just a lot more complicated than that. But, it, I mean, Macron is just more right about things than Le Pen.
0: Sure. And he seems generally kind of responsible and not like a complete lunatic.
1: No, no. I, I also just don't think France is going to change does it ever not really one of the
0: things i sort of like about the way that the politics works there is that um you know the sort of nationalist hotbed in france is um the place where tourists go except for paris That's you right. know it's uh in provence and uh, riviera and, and that sort of area so uh the place where there are lots of uh, foreigners you don't really actually if you're visiting france uh, you maybe don't strike up a a political conversation if you're not prepared to get an earful of uh, angry nationalism.
1: No. Well, when I went to France for the 2017 election, I drove down. I forgot you were there. Yeah. Yeah. And I drove down to Orange, which is right in the middle of the national front stronghold. Yeah. Uh, I flew into Marseille. I drove to Orange. And of course it's, it's the area of France I'm most familiar with. This is the South. And it is odd, because it's this sort of beautiful area, it's full of tourists uh and yet you see people walking around the street handing out flyers that say really terrible things on them <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get that in England in you know the uh, the lake district you know you don't, you don't walk around. Oxfordshire and uh, (laughs) some guy comes up to you and says can I tell you about the plan to deport all the Muslims but it was interesting because there was a certain um coyness about those people when you start to ask them about their politics now again my, my French is good but having detailed political conversations is difficult in a second language um but there was this sort of who's asking uh, well, yes, I guess I do believe that but kind of attitude <laughs> that I found really interesting, that when you when you push them, they were embarrassed by it, but they're still going to vote that way.
0: Yeah. I quite like Marseille, by the way. I mean, it's so. uh, an <clears throat> interesting place. And uh, we were there a few years ago. And one of the things I like about Marseille is that, um, you know, it is, I guess, in, in terms of crime, um, certainly, the most dangerous city in France, yeah. and I think yeah. maybe the most dangerous city in in the European Union, and um, its murder rate is about the same as, guess, an American city.
1: Pretty low, right?
0: About Salt Lake City.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and we have uh, we have learned to accept a very high level of crime in our country that would be a scandal um, that, anywhere else.
1: That is true. Although I, I will say w- one thing about Paris that makes it more like an American city and less like, say, London, is that there are areas outside of the peripherique that are just incredibly dangerous. And You wrote about these a few years ago, right? The the so-called no-go
0: zones, which is a little exaggerated. It it is exaggerated,
1: yeah. Uh, uh, But certainly dangerous. The police do go there, um, but they go there because it's crime. And, you know, if you go to certain cities you know where not to go. And if you don't go there, you might be fine. I mean, a city like Los Angeles, for example, it has a fairly high murder rate, except they all happen in a few places. Yeah. Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the same. And um what's what was alarming about London when I was um at university and and just after was that it developed this this absolute spate of knife crime that was everywhere. And I know that sounds terrible because you know it's not a good thing to say. Oh well, there's just that area where those people live, but I don't go there. That's not what I mean. <laughs> what I mean is that it became extremely unpredictable. You would read about you know a stabbing in Horse Guards Parade or a stabbing outside Downing Street or you know a stabbing outside the Houses of Parliament, and um, that is a different problem to solve than don't go to Compton. Yeah. Um. And and Paris has become a little like that—that that you can just tell where the trouble will be.
0: Yeah, yeah. We get, of course, Americans get a very um, warped perspective of Europe because we tend to see the nice parts um, because we go there as tourists. But you know, Amsterdam, for instance, which is a very civilized city, a very nice place. But you don't have to get too far into the suburbs of Amsterdam before you run into some really dodgy housing projects and that
1: sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, Amsterdam's a strange city, I think. Yeah, not
0: as strange as Florida, though. Awkward subway. <laughs> How dare you say? How dare you say? Um, so, what are we doing with Disney? And um, before you get into it, could you just give the me and the the listenership here a little background on this sort of weird um, self governing status that the Disney company has in in Florida?
1: Okay. Well, just an absolute background here is Florida passed a law that restricted gender and sexual topics from being taught to k through three students in public schools and a lot of people freaked out about this and one of those uh people corporations are people my friend it was disney and uh the governor of florida said to disney go screw yourself and sign a bill and um now is along with some republicans within the legislature trying to take away Florida's independent um, special district called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Now, um, this was allocated by the Florida legislature in 1967 as part of the deal to bring Disney to the state. Uh, in essence, the Reedy Creek Improvement District is its own equivalent of a county, and mm-hmm. Disney runs it. It's the landowner, and therefore it pays taxes to itself and deals with all the infrastructure. There are a couple of reasons for this. First, when Disney bought up that part of Florida, there was no infrastructure. There's just no way that Orange County and Osceola County, which Disney World straddles, could do that. Uh, They didn't (laughs) want to do it either. Um, Also, you know, Disney's a weird place. It has weird needs. Um, it, It doesn't want to ask for permits when it builds a new roller coaster. And... Uh, there are some good reasons for that. It, it's quite difficult for your average zoning office to evaluate uh, an application to build a hundred and ninety-nine foot fiberglass castle. And so, we should also
0: probably point out that Disney's not the only situation in this country where something like that exists. I mean, particularly in in the West, where you've got places that are um, developments that happened in unincorporated areas, where you've essentially got a private firm that uh, right. that that owns the community the uh, the woodlands in texas actually is a good example of that where the woodlands is not a, a municipality in the traditional sense it's entirely owned by the property developer
1: right and um this is important actually because the same is is true of florida um anyhow so that disney's had this for 50 years and the legislature is now looking at taking it away um i think this is a terrible idea on every front
0: And they're taking it away just essentially to punish Disney for its political
1: uh, stances. So some people will say this, and they'll say we need to fight and win. But DeSantis already fought and won. The legislature passed the law. He signed it. He told Disney to um, hop it, and it's popular. So he won. Um, Well, this is his retribution. It's not fighting. It's a tantrum. It's vengeance. Um, And the most sophisticated apologists for this will say, no, 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 because you got to understand, you know, th- th- this is a public policy and we can always revisit public policies and Disney doesn't have a right to this and so on. And that's all true. Um, there's nothing written in the stars that says that Disney deserves to have the Reedy Creek Improvement District. It's just that um, that's gaslighting because until about a month ago, no one talked about this. This was not on anyone's agenda. The Florida Republican Party thought that the Reedy Creek Improvement District had been a success, which it has. Um They weren't sitting there working out the next time they can revisit it. Uh, They are revisiting it because they're angry with Disney, which is retribution. And I think we should look down on that for a start. Um, But we should also look down on this from a policy perspective, because the Reedy Creek Improvement District, unusual though it might be, has worked. As you said, it's not just in the West. Florida has a lot of these special districts. It has 1,844. And um, most of those special districts are called independent special districts in that they govern themselves. And uh, sorry, it's 1,300 or so, I think, uh, are independent special districts. Uh, irony among ironies, DeSantis made this statement uh, about the Reedy Creek Improvement District during a speech he made in the villages, which is an independent <laughs> special district. Now, there are other independent special districts in Florida. You may have heard of them. Orlando International Airport is one. Uh, The Daytona International Speedway is one. And the reason that we have them is that there are some ideas and projects that just don't quite fit in to the normal mold. I I know that the people who say we've got to get rid of this all of a sudden like to cast this as a carve-out. And Disney does get some carve-outs in Florida that I would end. But this isn't really one of them any more than, say, Cape Canaveral is one. Right? I mean, Cape Canaveral, which is an increasingly private proposition, is a place where engineers launch space rockets. Now, clearly, the rules for that piece of land have to be different than for, say, my house. You could <laughs> say if you want, it's a carve-out, I guess, it's not really a carve-out any more than there's a carve-out for, you know, driving rules at Daytona. The, the Reedy Creek Improvement District was created because Disney World, which is the size of San Francisco and which which sits between two counties, doesn't really fit into a normal regulatory framework. And so they allowed it this autonomy, which has led it to flourish and Florida to flourish as well. And You know, I think to to take vengeance against a company because they dissented, and I think did in some ways cross a line, although not one that could be um, litigated or politicized, Um, and to make policy worse as a result is the last thing (sighs) conservatives who should have respect for Chesterton's fence should be doing.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that sort of on the right right now where there's a strong desire to punish social media companies and other big tech companies, uh, essentially not for their business practices, but for the way in which their politics um, inform those business practices and and the um, sort of political affiliations and tendencies of their executives and uh, employees, their corporate political attitudes and such.
1: Yeah, and of course, Florida has that law too. And I should say, I, I like DeSantis. I think he's been a pretty good governor. I, I'm not a purist on this stuff. I think there are some things that people can do, like trying to steal an election that disqualify them. But, you know, I don't know when as a country we lost this idea that if you agree with a politician 65, 70% of the time, then you vote for him. Like, I don't need every politician to be perfect. No. Um but the tech bill that the Florida legislature passed had that in mind. It also contained a bizarre carve out for Disney. That is a carve out. It didn't apply to Netflix or Hulu or HBO. Um, it was uh, it it declined to apply the rules of the tech bill to any streaming service owned by a company that also owns an amusement park. I mean, come on, <laughs> that's a carve out. That should go. This is not no, one. Funny. And you know, I I just I think that there is. What's the phrase you use, single-entry bookkeeping? When you point out people look at their uh, budget and they only see one side of the ledger? Um, I don't think that's mine, but go ahead. Not yours? Well, um, there's two sides to this ledger. So on the one hand, conservatives are absolutely right when they say Disney World is not going anywhere. And they, they throw this at critics of this this approach. They said, where's it going to go? They're going to roll the Epcot ball to Illinois. Totally true. Totally fair. Megan McArdle wrote about this in the Washington Post. Even if Disney wanted to, it would cost them hundreds of billions of dollars. It would take 20, 30 years to build because of environmental regulations. It, they're not going to do that. And they wouldn't find as good a piece of land in a state with the infrastructure, um, in, in a state that um, it, it has as good a business environment and so on and so forth. Agreed. But you know, the path dependency argument for Disney also applies to Florida, I think. In other yeah. words, if you say, well, look, Disney's put roots in pretty deep. It's not moving anywhere. Yeah, it's put roots in pretty deep to fertile soil that the legislature granted it in good faith. So Florida's kind of built into this too. And I just, I think it would be really churlish to say, oh, screw you. you because know, so we've got you where you want you because you've already made your investment. Right, and and since yeah. when have Republicans been thrilled about the idea of handing over regulatory control of a successful business to two different counties that are run by Democrats? Around
0: 2016, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that seems to have started. Although if they were going to move, wouldn't you think Nevada would be the place they would do it? Sorry, it already has a pretty tourist-driven economy, lots of land,
1: good weather, good weather. Yeah, good roller coaster weather, I would think. Good travel links.
0: Yeah. Probably too close to their California properties,
1: though. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. There were two reasons that Disney World was built. One was they wanted an East Coast park because, especially in 1955, when Disneyland opened, the vast majority of Americans lived on the East Coast. Um, California was was growing, but it, it was really the location for Disneyland because the Walt Disney Company was in Burbank. Um, The second reason, famously, was that Walt Disney walked around and he saw an astronaut, or at least a a cast member in an astronaut costume, in uh, Fantasyland. And uh, he said, well, I I can't have that. Why does this person have to walk through the park? And so he started thinking, I need to completely control my environment. Um, You know, over time, he began to hate the large gas station signs that you could see from the park you know if you looked out in <laughs> Anaheim you could see the freeway and the gas station signs and Howard Johnson inns and all of this and um he hated that and so he looked around uh for a location where he could just buy up 40 square miles and completely control it so that from no point in the park could you see anything he didn't want you to and also um, I don't know if you know this, but the Magic Kingdom is built on the s- essentially the second floor. So the first floor is a set of tunnels called Utilidors that run under the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And any cast member that needs to be somewhere which wouldn't fit in with their surroundings goes down an elevator or stairs underground and then walks to the correct place. Um, I mean, Try building that from scratch. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> you know so so the governor of florida the first republican governor of florida since the civil war um got together with the legislature and said well this is a bit of a weird case here's the rule and you know much as they did for the villages and they did for daytona and they did for the airport i just think it would be a real act of vandalism just to throw it all away because you're angry with corporation
0: yeah silly stuff and um you know i like the uh local diversity of our country this is a conversation we've had a few times you know i'm glad las vegas exists i don't want the rest of the country to be like las vegas right i'm glad new orleans exists i don't want the rest of the country to be like new orleans i'm glad new york city exists i don't want the whole country to be like the upper west side uh i've never been to disneyland don't like amusement parks probably never will uh go to one but um i'm glad it's there And this, of course, requires a certain policy infrastructure to make these things happen as well. And we should, um, as conservatives, I think, um, be defenders of the necessary uh, natural variety of practices that enables the genuine organic diversity of a big continental country such as ours to thrive and exist.
1: Yeah, and we should also be defensive of institutions. Uh, people laugh at me when I say this because it sounds silly when you put it in the same breath as you know the Library of Congress or whatever. But Walt Disney World is an institution, sure, and it's not guaranteed that institutions will survive. And yeah. at the moment, the setup works, um, and it doesn't just work for Disney; it works for Florida. You know, yeah. Florida does pretty well out of Disney. And that doesn't mean that they have to let Disney run the state or give in when they want to pass bills that Disney doesn't like or any of that. But this is a mutually beneficial arrangement. And you start screwing with those things too much and they die and then you can't get them back. I mean, look at the ACLU. You think we're getting that back ever? Yeah, I don't you know. know.
0: You know, as you were earlier conversation about you and Disney being sort of stuck there, it's not like they can roll up the sidewalks. But Disney and Florida sort of have each other over the same barrel because Disney's got to be what, if not the largest private employer in Florida, one of the top ten, I would imagine. It's
1: The largest single site employer in the world. Yeah, uh,
0: a big, big taxpayer, and uh, you know a lot of other aspects of it that are irreplaceable, and that uh, you know it's just sort of woven into the, the the cultural DNA and something people very strongly associate with Florida. You know, it's it's uh, Florida's Alamo.
1: Yeah, and it also attracts extraordinary numbers of people from abroad. Yeah, you know, Just look at the number of, of tourists from Britain, Germany, Brazil, on their own. Some was, of those damn English ones stay. <laughs> the other clever thing about the way Florida is set up, and DeSantis would be careful uh, if he remembered this, is that Florida taxes the people who don't live here, and Florida's primary target for taxation uh, are the people who can't vote out Florida's politicians, <laughs> which is why
0: the nice arrangement.
1: The and Las Vegas has a similar approach. Yeah, uh, this is why the toll booths are pretty sparse around the state in general. But expensive and numerous around SeaWorld, Universal Studios, (laughs) Orlando International Airport, and Disney World, and (laughs) Miami. Uh, If you look at the taxes on uh, services and income in Florida, they are um, low and zero, except for hotels, amusement parks, eating out, mini golf, that sort of thing. And, you know, that's the Emperor's mini golf tax. But it is, and and that's a great model for me because, um, it means that you know other people come in and they spend their money at Disney World, and I get nice roads, and I don't have to pay for them myself.
0: Well, that's the nice thing about living in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, dumbasses in the casinos pay our taxes for us. Right, right. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, anything else we should talk about? I wrote a column about you a couple of weeks ago. We haven't talked since oh, then. I you did. Um, as an AR-15 uh, builder and enthusiast, any uh, thoughts on ghost guns and kit guns and stuff before we go? By the way, I think I'm going to bite the bullet and build one. I've uh, got, myself, got, got myself a book. And uh, we'll see.
1: Well, I think ghost guns are a non-issue. I think it's a moral panic. Yeah.
0: Are you building anything right
1: now? No, I think I've got enough for now. My wife is tolerant and indulgent, but there's a certain point at which she would say, well, hang on, why do you need that many?
0: <laughs> so you've got you got one for each member of the family, though, so that's good.
1: Oh, no question. No question. And some to spare, in case <laughs> the Russians despair. invade.
0: In case the Russians invade up through Florida. They might, you know, come in through, uh, through Cuba, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, that was the Red Dawn Alliance. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I like that movie. That movie came out the other day for some reason. What was it? Um, I trying to remember. It was a remember.
1: tank in Ukraine that had Wolverines written on the side. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Love it. I think that's a terrific movie.
0: Yeah, the first one is pretty good. The remake is not great, I don't think.
1: No, um, there are some good moments in it.
0: So I want to say John Milius, uh, who wrote or produced red dawn or whatever he has some kind of connection to national review i'm trying yes, to yes he what
1: does it he does what uh, was that
0: see I don't remember uh but yeah i guess sort of conservative hollywood has always been well hasn't always been pretty small it used to be just hollywood but um conservative hollywood these days is uh, is pretty small what is your uh, what is your favorite part of the original uh Red Dawn?
1: Well, I think the opening scene is is pretty iconic where they're in a classroom and the, parachute the parachutes is, coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: I mean I kind of be- like Geneva Convention? Never heard of it. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause laughs> you can imagine American high school students saying that and it being true.
1: <laughs> yeah, so to be brutally honest, my favorite part of that movie is when Leia Thompson gets a machine gun. Because 15-year-old Charles Cook, when I first saw that movie, was uh, thrilled by this this combination. Um,
0: <laughs> it was a pretty compelling combination. It was a pretty
1: compelling combination. Um, I mean, th- there are some silly things about the movie, though. For a start, w- why don't their numbers grow? I mean, they have they have all these successes, and they become famous, and yet... No I mean, one joins they, the Wolverines. Well, they'd have had five, 6,000 members by the end.
0: That would have been the Mujahideen. <laughs>
1: what's what they were i mean there's a lot of silly things about that movie of course as there is with the remake where it's north korea okay it wasn't originally that's a good no but i mean the russians could have invaded the united states but the cubans under instruction
0: uh... (laughs) i wonder why they did that Uh, um in the original make the cubans
1: yeah i don't
0: know don't know either All right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for us for the week. I hope you stay well and I will talk to you next week.